I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here for the extended interview with Rico where he's going to share how to source products overseas during a crisis. Hey Rico, how are you? Great. I'm happy to still be on. (laughs) Thank you so much. Before we get to your awesome tips and tricks, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, I think uh, the reason why I live an offbeat life would have to start with my parents we moved countries a couple times. Like I moved to the States when I was 10, moved to Canada a little bit after that. And I kind of got used to, and both of my parents are entrepreneurs. So I, I kind of got used to traveling and moving countries and then seeing my parents be entrepreneurs. I never, th- I, I knew I was never going to be the kind of person that would be comfortable in a nine to five situation. I don't like people telling me what to do. So I knew that I was either, I was going to go into entrepreneurship and I knew that I wanted to travel and live in different countries so that was kind of the the nexus of that, and and also something that I, I was talking to my best friend about a couple of days ago is um, we kind of were reflecting on life and how we got to what we're doing right now because he's in a similar position as me and we've been through similar journeys. And I was like, when I was fourteen, I went through a midlife crisis, like, <laughs> which is it's you know it's weird to say, but yeah, it happened. And I, I remember asking myself at fourteen years old what is your biggest fear? And the answer was like, I just don't want to be mediocre. So that's kind of informed a lot of the decisions that I made in my life. It's just, I want to be different. I've always wanted to be different. And doing the same things that everybody else does is not something I want to do. So moving to China, moving to the Philippines now, starting a business in China, like all of these things are just things that I did not purely because I want it to be different, but it, it's informed by that sort of philosophy. So now you are actually in the Philippines, you're in Asia, and you have the successful business where you are sourcing products for different types of companies. How can someone get started with this type of business, whether to create their product and then use somebody like you to source it or do exactly what you do, especially during times like this, where there's a lot of turbulent, I guess, relationships with Asia and the US? Yeah. So I think in terms of um, doing what I do, doing what I do is, is I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's, it's easy to get started, right? Because, well, maybe not now, because it's not easy to go into China. I think any, a lot of people, anybody that's lived in China, anybody that's spent an extended period of time in China has probably experienced the same thing that I'm about, I'm about to say. If you're leaving your home country and you know you have friends and family, people know that you're going to China and you're going to be there for three months or six months or whatever. Inevitably, I would guess that at some stage while you're in China, one of your friends reached out or a family member reached out and said, hey, I have this business idea 
can you find silver crocs that are made from you know a bulletproof carbon fiber like there, there, there would be something there would be something that people oh everybody has like a you know invention or whatever so it's a pretty easy thing to fall into there's always going to be somebody that needs something somebody that is like oh you're in china you can get it cheaper so yeah i mean i i think it's not a difficult business to to jump into but what's difficult is bringing some like when i first started the company um my business partner had already started in 2011 i came on in in 2015 and we revamped the business and and for me my thing was like i'm not going to reinvent sourcing and manufacturing in china that that is a that's a business that's been around for probably well trading in general has been around for hundreds of years so i'm like this is not something that's new but what I can do is I can bring a little bit of innovation to the field. So what I did was we implemented transparency in our business, meaning instead of the traditional, hey, you buy a product from me, I buy the product from the factory. You don't know how much I buy the product from the factory for. I charge you a price that's marked up 30 40% or whatever it is, and you buy it from me. We went, hey, we'll give you the factory price directly. You pay us a separate consulting fee. So that was one of the things that I did. And then also bringing in like, because again, being a fan of Tim Ferriss and, and trying to bring automation and systemization to everything that we do, we were using things like Asana, Slack, Google Drive, so we could be a little bit more interactive with our clients and be a little bit more systemized in our approach, creating standard operating procedures about everything that we do. So I, I just try to bring a little bit more of a modern approach to the whole sourcing manufacturing game. And and that was the way I was able to be a little bit more innovative. And then of course, what we do now with the content, which I think I would bet that I was probably the first, we were probably the first like manufacturing company to have a podcast and a YouTube channel as well. Um, there isn't that, I don't think there is another sourcing manufacturing company, at least not one of my competitors, direct competitors with a YouTube channel. So you know, those are the little things that you can do. It's not like crazy innovation you know, or anything like that, but it's just little tweaks that you can bring into the market that will give you your your share of, of space in, in there. And then in terms of the people that just want to source products from China and, and figure that side of things out. Yeah, I think uh, especially right now with COVID and, and those sort of the geopolitical situation, it's like you have to ask yourself, what is the alternative, right? Like if you're going to source from Vietnam or you're going to source from Thailand or India, it's difficult because one, you again, you can't go there. A lot of these countries don't have, they don't have an Alibaba. You know, they don't have a directory that you can go to and be like, hey, there's, you know, 10,000 factories here. I can search on this platform and find a factory for the product that I'm looking for. And, and I can pay through this platform. I can communicate with the factory through this platform. That is just something that doesn't exist in a lot of the other up and coming, you know, manufacturing markets. China is still going to be number one for a very long time just because of the infrastructure that they have. You kind of have to follow that system, but you can also do it in an ethical manner. And also remember the, what the government does versus how the actual people in China are is, is very different. So I think that's what, that's how you'd have to approach that situation if you were, you know, trying to source from China at this moment with a new product. Now, can you walk us through sourcing right now for you who is doing this and maybe for somebody who still wants to get into this business? Yeah, I just think you have to be aware, again, going back to something I mentioned before, is like 
because you can't go to China, or it's not as easy as it was before, you're definitely going to have to lean on the experts. You're going to have to lean on people that have established relationships, companies that have established relationships in China, whether it's my company or, or you know some of our competitors or partners. I think you have to be aware of the political situations between the US and China and, and how that affects shipping and logistics, whether it's delays or goods being inspected more than usual. It's more strict now, like goods coming from China to the US are inspected more frequently than they were before. Everybody knows that the tariffs have gone up as well. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the US elections, but I don't see that changing that much for a while. So you kind of have to be prepared that there might be delays in shipping, there might be delays in finding the right factories because as well, another aspect is because of COVID, you know, a lot of the factories have to do, they're not at full capacity because they have to follow the sort of rules that the government has set in place, whether it's social distancing and limiting the amount of people that can work in a workspace. A lot of factories got shut down just because they didn't have the money to implement the new health codes from, from the Chinese government. A lot of factories pivoted from doing whatever they were doing to working on the medical supplies and PPE products. So it's a little bit slower. It's a little bit slower right now to to get products made in China. And, and you know, that's something that I think obviously next year, you know, things will ramp up. I, well, I can't predict that because it depends on what happens with the virus. But I think if things continue the way they're going, things will ramp up. Factories will get a little bit faster with their productions. There'll be obviously new factories that pop up that already are working within the health code and ecosystem that the the government has set in place. So there's a lot of like the old factories dying off, the factories that were had more money staying and innovating, and then there'll be new suppliers coming in um, over time. So that's kind of kind of the climate. Just keep those things in mind. Is like things will be slower in general. Sourcing is slower. Logistics could be slower. There's And some of that stuff has nothing to do with the companies. It has more to do with the political issues between China and the U.S. Yeah, and it's just being able to adapt to everything that's really important, I think, for the manufacturers and really for everyone involved because it's a crazy time that everybody's facing right now. So it's all brand new to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that, that's the the craziest part is like, okay, I could, you could say that I'm an expert and whatever, but like, I mean, I've, we've never dealt with a pandemic before. So I was learning on the fly during, during the whole situation, April, May, June, which was the craziest time for us. Like I was literally learning as we were going Obviously we take our experiences and our partnerships and stuff like that. And we, we, we use that to make informed decisions, but a lot of the stuff was unprecedented. It was, it was, it was quite difficult. So I can imagine for somebody that's starting a business now, jumping into e-commerce, how difficult or how crazy it might be for them. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rico, for sharing all of your tips with us today. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Yeah. So if you want to reach out to me, go to the website, sourcefinasia.com slash contact us. We also have our YouTube channel. I read every single comment on the videos. So that's Source Find Asia on YouTube, all one word. And our Instagram is at Source Find Asia as well. I definitely read all the DMs and, and the comments on the Instagram. Perfect. Thank you so much, Rico. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Debbie. You know, I think the podcast that we did, we already released. So I was happy to to come on your show. It's been great just to 
have this conversation like the conversation was just as good as when you were on my show so very thankful yeah and hopefully one day we can meet each other in person <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully you know one day <laughs> yeah thanks Rigo. well you're in the philippines you know i'm from there so i'm bound to go there one of these days <laughs> hey you, you just gotta come home i'm not going anywhere <laughs> exactly going anywhere. all right thanks so much Rico. i'll talk to you soon all right cheers I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Rico. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where he shares how he was able to export over $15 million worth of goods while working remotely. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life. I'll talk to you soon.